Terms of Enlightenment contains adult language and adult situations and is not appropriate for anyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hello to all our lovely enlightened ones. How did that sound? Sounded all right. Sounds better when I say it. It does. I, th- I think I'm getting the hang of it, though. Yes. Well, anyway, that's Tony. He's Nathan. Yeah, I, th- I thought we'd switch it up a bit. Don't want our intro to get stale. That's true. Not three empties in. Now. So, we have actually gotten several story requests by you, our lovely enlightened ones. You know, you know what? I, I think it's the lovely I struggle with. You just have to say it like this. Lovely enlightened ones. It's true. How do you do that? It just rolls off the tongue. Fair enough. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm getting distracted. Anyway, we have a few stories from our lovely enlightened ones. And trust us, those are on the way. And those who haven't sent us any, but want to hear an episode on something... You can find us on Facebook under the Terms of Enlightenment, or email us at termsofenlightenment at gmail.com. Send us ideas. Tell us what you think of the show. Just say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. Now, before we cover those ideas, I wanted to do a creepy story. Kind of show our listeners our range as a podcast. Right. With that in mind, I chose one of the spookiest places in this area. Okay. Okay. For those that don't know, Tony and I currently make our home in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes. Opposite sides of the city. Yes. Cincinnati has quite a few darker stories and creepy places. Sure does. Like that suburb that built the community pool on top of an ancient Native American burial ground. Never a good idea, folks. That's a terrible plan. So, Tony, what do you think the creepiest place in Cincinnati, Ohio would be? Besides Cincinnati? Um... I'd say somewhere up around the Kings Island area. It's pretty spot on, because today we're going to be enlightened on the Peters Cartridge Factory. Oh, no. So let's dive into the history of this staple of Cincinnati's creepy stories. Okay. It all begins with the Reverend Gershom Moore Peters. Moore Peters being a very unfortunate or fortunate name combination, depending on how you look at it. Hell yeah. Peters had been a Baptist minister but left that life behind him when he began to work at the King's Powder Company, a large gunpowder mill on the Little Miami. The King's Mill, if you will. And yes, that is where the town got its name. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Peters married the daughter of Joseph Warren King, the president of King's Powder Company. Now, as the son-in-law of the president, Peters was the heir apparent to the King's Powder Empire. And in 1885, when J.W. King died, Peters ascended the throne. Now flush with all that sweet, sweet gunpowder monies... Hell yeah! Peters started his own plant down the river from the powder factory. Manufacturing more powder? No. He was going to manufacture the cartridges. Peter liked cartridges. He was good at cartridges. I read one source that said he invented the first automatic cartridge loading machine in the world. And this was one of his 35 patents. Another source said he invented a new way to manufacture shotgun shells. Mm Mm-hmm. Either way, he took this knowledge and his new fortune and opened the Peters Cartridge Company in January 1887. Now, with both the means of production for the powder and cartridges under his control, Uh his business flourished. Hell yeah, it did. Things were looking up for Peters and his fledgling company until... Dun, dun, dun! Yep, dramatic tension again. Until, after a word from our sponsor. Tony, what do you know about jewelry? Um, it's shiny and expensive. Well, you know who knows a lot about jewelry? Who's that? Paul Diekmeyer, owner and jewelry designer at Diekmeyer Designs in Montgomery, Ohio. 
Paul Diekmeyer is an artist in gold, creating custom fine jewelry for his customers since 1976. Paul works closely with his customers to create unique designs that are beautiful and meaningful. He designed my wedding rings, sitting down with my wife and I, not only making the rings in the style and design we wanted, but also using design elements from the heirloom engagement ring my wife had so that they blended seamlessly together. And I'm not the only one with stories like this. With the holidays coming, Diekmeyer Designs has many pre-made pieces that could make the perfect last-minute gift for that special someone, or even treating yourself. Perhaps you have a special day in your future and want a one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry for it. With Diekmeyer Designs, you will not be disappointed. Check out their work at jewelrybypaul.com. Or a quick search for Diekmeyer Designs will lead you there. You can also find them on Facebook under Diekmeyer Designs. Or, if you find yourself in the Montgomery, Ohio area, stop in at 9426 Shelley Lane. Diekmeyer Designs. Fine Jewelry. Open Friday and Saturday, 1 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. in Montgomery, Ohio. Go check them out, folks. They do a great job. It was a balmy July afternoon in 1890. For those of you who don't know, July in the River Valleys here in Cincinnati... It's sticky. Yes. The air is practically visible with humidity. It is. And it gets hot. Yes, it does. Hotter than a two-peckered fox in a hen house. That is pretty hot. And this morning was no different. All was calm at Peter's cartridge, and the workers scurried along, carrying out their duties with the utmost care. They were working with explosives, after all. Carelessness could mean fiery death. Yes. It had only been four short years since the nearby Miami Powder Company plant, just north of them, had 50,000 pounds of black powder explode. That's a lot. Blew a 15-foot hole in the ground. Damn. And shook windows of houses over 100 miles away. Oh, no. Only three workers were killed that day, thankfully. Can we just pause for a second? Only three people died in that one? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty lucky. Were there only three and a half people working that day? I think it was a low-traffic area that it happened in, just powder storage, not a lot of people milling around. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really lucky. Yeah. Still, the workers at Peter's Cartridge were wary of something like that happening to them. Mm Mm-hmm. But they didn't complain. The work was hard and very dangerous, but the pay, oh, the pay, it was too good to pass up. Yeah. What other choice did they have? Commute to Cincinnati and make soap or slaughter pigs? Hell no. That would have been at least a five-hour trip one way. And no one wants a ten-hour commute. Did they only have horses back then? In the 1800s? Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you can do it in 15, 20 minutes now. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, on horseback, not so fast. True. Actually, I actually looked it up. It is a five-hour trip by horseback. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, from, from Kings Mill to uh, Cincinnati. It's only, what, 25 miles? I think something like that, yeah. Yeah. 24. So... It was the King's Mill or the Peters Cartridge Factory for them. Not that there was a lot of difference. Peters ran both businesses. But the Cartridge Factory seemed at least slightly more safe. Mm-hmm. This afternoon, workers had already packed up two rail cars with 800 barrels of gunpowder awaiting pickup and shipment along the railroad. They were ahead of the game. It might be a good day. Yep. Boom! 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 The ground shook. A huge explosion sent workers and debris flying. A third railway car had struck the two-pack with gunpowder, and there had been an explosion. Shocked and stunned, workers pulled themselves and others from the ground and under rubble, the smoke and dust making the already thick Cincinnati air even thicker. It was almost impossible to breathe. Smoke billowed from the train station where the explosion had taken. Boom! Boom! 
The fire had spread and an additional 800 barrels of powder had exploded. The workers were once again thrown against the ground and buried in dust and rubble. And what, what was the other thing? Soft, sticky, and charred masses of something. Oh God, it was people. Those were chunks of people. Workers were frenzied now, trying to climb out of the devastation. By the time the dust settled and the smoke cleared, so to speak, <laughs> 11 people would have lost their lives in the explosion, with more dying of their injuries in an 1800s hospital. Now, given the choice between explosion and 1800s hospital, I choose explosion. I would also take the explosion, Pat, for a thousand. Oh, yeah. Along with the loss of life, large portions of the factory were lost. The railroad station, obviously, a large portion of the storage buildings, two plants, two office buildings, and six homes in the surrounding town. The devastation was astounding, but Peters rebuilt, moving the facility to the other side of the street. The Peters cartridge factory saw a boom during World War I, and in 1916, the reinforced concrete buildings, smokestack emblazoned with a giant P, and the shot tower that we see today were built. The explosion in July 19, or 1890 was the largest Peter's cartridge would see, but it wouldn't be the last. Between Peter's cartridge and the King's Powder Mill, additional explosions with 21 more deaths would take place before they were eventually closed. The end of Peter's cartridge as a cartridge plant came in 1944, after the Remington Arms Company had purchased it only 10 years earlier. Hmm. Since then, the facility has changed hands numerous times, but it's never been returned to its former glory. On October 10th, 1985, the facility was added to the National Register of Historic Places. Ah. For much of the time between the 80s and now, the facility was nearly abandoned. Yeah. It loomed a huge, rotting concrete and brick skeleton of a once thriving factory over the Little Miami River and bike trail. Its appearance has struck fear into the hearts of many, and soon claimed the title of one of the most haunted places in Cincinnati. Though it's difficult to find detailed first-hand accounts of people's paranormal experiences, I did say it was difficult to find a lot of written first-hand accounts of the paranormal experience, but we do have one. And, in a brand new twist here on the Terms of Enlightenment, I'd like to introduce our special uh, guest, my wife Abby. With Yay, Abby! Hello! And with her first-hand experience. So, without further ado and introduction tell us about your experience at peter's cartridge which one there's been two times that uh, i've had this give us both yeah it started at the beginning and ended at the end so i'll start with the first ever encounter to give context i lived in texas for a little while and my dad was looking for a job in ohio he found a job in cincinnati he lived like near king's mill like, I think it was like down the street, maybe. I can't remember. It's been years. Yeah. But he lived there for about six months. I think he has stated that the area did creep him out, but he never had any experiences before this experience. My dad's a skeptic. He doesn't believe in ghosts. I believe in ghosts. I think I was 15, 16. I just started learning how to drive. And my dad took me. And he's like, do you want to go see where I was staying at for six months? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. We're driving, we're talking, we're laughing, just sharing stories. And it gets close. You know, my dad's like pointing me in the direction going like, hey, just go here, here. And as soon as we were like heading up to the gunpowder factory, we smelt gunpowder. And the thing is, is 
I grew up around guns my entire life. I mean, you were from Texas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so there is a distinct smell when you smell it. Yes. And literally, I looked over at my dad. My dad's looking at me, and we're both, like, confused. And I was like, do I smell gunpowder? And dad's like, yeah. I was like, like, we pulled up to the factory, and I was like, is that still in use? And dad's like, no. It's been, like, abandoned for, like, decades now. So we just, like, kind of shrugged and just went on our merry way. And turns out, learning many years later, that apparently that's not normal. So I don't know why in that particular moment we smelt the gunpowder. Could have been the anniversary of the one of the big booms. You never know. It's true. I mean, that does match with a lot of the accounts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about, you know, as they drive close, they smell gunpowder. Right. And, and we should mention that the where the factory is and the road it runs by it, it's literally in the middle of a pretty severe bend. So you have to be doing... 20 25 miles an hour by the time you're going past the factory so either direction you're coming you're going to be going fairly slow you're going to be slow enough to smell things and see things and hear things that you might not necessarily notice on like an interstate it's true it did yeah semis are not even permitted down that street the turns are so sharp except when i drive one i mean i've seen like semis go down there like it's very rare but like i get so pissed when successfully <laughs> I successfully did it, but I'm awesome. So that's fair. You have another story? Well, you were a part of it. So, yeah. Do you remember in the heart of 2020 when we were stuck at home all day, every day? I, I do my best to forget 2020. Like most people. Yeah. So, should I say lovely enlightened ones? If you want. So, lovely enlightened ones, we were very fucking bored. And so I like messing with spirit boxes and I'm like, you want to go ghost hunting? And you know, you said, yeah, let's do it. I'm bored. Let's let's get out of the house. But hey, we can get out of the house and not be around any people. So I, I like this. You part. called me and asked me how to get to it. I did. Yes. So even I hey, remember Tony this is yes. in the story <laughs> <laughs> briefly. <laughs> I called Tony. Yeah, asked me how I got there, and I told him how to get there. It's true, and we went on our merry way. Drove down the road, and like everyone else, first thing you notice is the the scent of gunpowder in the air. I mean, noticeable. And I had never heard much about it before we went other than, you know, oh, it's so haunted. Oh, you'll see things if you go by there. It's it's very scary. You don't want to you don't want to do that. You don't want to go over there. Right. But I never heard about the gunpowder thing, not until my experience and researching this story. Yeah. I just remember like the spirit box was still like, you know, making it that like yeah. And we like it sounded like someone was like whispering through the spirit box, but we couldn't hear anything. But I remember I looked up because we were in the bend and like the bends on that like hill. So like you could see the gunpowder factory like straight on and on the top floor and like the right hand section, I see like you're six foot two, right? Yes. It was taller than you. It was this dark like shadow figure 
And I just remember it was looking right at us. It was like its fingers, like you have pretty big hands. Like I'm five foot three, four, and your hands over top mine. But his fingers were like extremely longer than yours and like sharp. I mean, I'd, I'd like to believe that my big hands were part of the reason you knew I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> and so as I'm seeing this, he's just, he's just waving at us. And I literally, like, I felt in my soul. I was like, we need to get the fuck out of there. So I'm like, go, go. And you're like, what's going on? I'm like, just fucking book it. Let's go. So, yeah, I, I did uh, a little surprised by uh, this sudden go, we need to go, we need to go. And I did accelerate as safely as possible through that area out of there. I don't recommend it. No. And we did finally get back to civilization because it is kind of out in the middle of nothing. It is. And we pull into a gas station and I asked Abby, I said, what, what, what's going on? Why did we have to go? And she told me what she had seen. And, I mean, you... I was shaking. Yeah. Like, I remember it. We literally went home afterwards. Now, I cannot verify this or not. I was driving and not paying attention to the building, but rather the road. As it is, again, curvy and treacherous and dark and very narrow. Like, at one part, you are... You could reach out the window and touch... The plant yeah it is that close so it is not someplace you you want to not be paying attention to the road right definitely it's a very windy narrow slow road and if you're not paying attention you'll have an accident real fast yes tony i understand you also have had some some experience there i have been there several times i've been in the building i've been in the parking lot and and i I like to refer to myself as a skeptical believer. Um, maybe that's why things don't happen to me as often as they do some other people. Because I generally try to find a way to rationally explain things before I jump to, oh God, it has to be paranormal. Because right. something moved in a big empty factory that has no windows and there's a breeze outside. So, you know, if a piece of paper moves, it has to be a ghost. I'm generally like, well, it's got to be the wind because... I'm in a big empty factory. It doesn't have any windows. People have already come along and spray painted all over the place and broken all the windows out because, you know, people are stupid and assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are terrible. So I've never had any experiences there that I could say were 100% paranormal, but, you know, I just, just part of me being a skeptical believer. I have heard, because I've been on like websites on like the paranormal factory. Is it true there's a pentagram like, I can't remember what floor it's on, but it's like it's just huge pentagram. Yeah, there is one in there, and I'm I'm sure there's probably been several in there throughout the years. But it, you have to consider. I mean, it was abandoned for decades, and people I, with spray paint cans are going to do what people with spray paint cans do and get caned in Singapore. Yes, excellent. Should be over here also. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, controversial. <laughs> I remember hearing like stories about. The factory, like, this is just, like, you know, like, a friend of a friend knows someone who went in there. Right. Kind of thing. And I remember there was one story, and I could be 100% wrong, so don't, don't, this is not, I don't know if this is Don't directly quote her on this level of light ones. So, there was a guy who went into the factory with friends, and, like, 
he's just goofing off with his friend, like, breaking shit, being an asshole. Right. And, like, apparently he saw, like, you know, like, a group of people in, like, cloaks, like, the hoods over them and just, like, walking in and doing, like, the satanic cult shit. Remember, this is just, like, someone telling a story. So could it be real? Could it not be real? I don't know. I mean, none of us have saw it. It could very well be real, but this this has urban legend written all over oh, it. Oh, yeah. It does. But and I, Can I just say this, folks? If you're going to explore an abandoned building, fine. First of all, be careful. Second of all, take nothing but photos and leave nothing but footprints. Don't break windows. Don't spray paint shit. Don't bust your hand through the drywall because you think it's hilarious. Don't be a dick. That's basically what I'm saying. Well, uh like to thank you for your time thank and, you for letting me be on here and, and thank you for uh, sharing a story with us and uh being a part of the terms of enlightenment thank you it. abby so back to the factory itself police in the area were quick to run off or ticket anyone who would dare venture explore the decaying structure right and for good reason yeah besides the normal danger of exploring abandoned buildings and the supposed hauntings Peter's cartridge had another looming danger. Asbestos. Oh, you were close. Oh, what is it? Lead. Oh. Boiler ash. Copper. Slag. It's a generic name for waste materials from smelting and refining. Right. And mercury. Oh, shit. Were found in dangerous concentrations on the site in 1987. Oh, no. The APA declared it a protected site. And in 2012, Peter's cartridge was added to the EPA's National Priorities Hazardous Waste Sites list. Damn. The DuPont Company, who had purchased Remington Arms, the company that owned the plant at the height of its polluting, found themselves on the hook for the $5 million cleanup. Damn. The cleanup would take less than a month to complete. Though all sources I read make that seem like it's a large amount of time, it seems decidedly short to me. Yeah, it seems too small to me. But maybe should have stretched it out to two months. Done right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a mercury, lead, dangerous concentrations. Yeah. Just take our time on that, boys. Get rid of it correctly. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, what do we know about cleaning up hazardous waste? We don't know anything. No, not really. In 2014, a developer purchased the property to turn it into high-end condos and a brewery. And in 2015, when the EPA declared the site safe, construction began. And that's what you'll find there now. But for years earlier, teenagers, paranormal investigators, and others would muster up their courage and at least take a drive by the ruins of the factory. And some would even explore. The brave souls who explored the building have reported hearing strange sounds, footsteps running across the floor behind them, seeing shadow figures, a pentagram painted on the floor surrounded by half-burned candles, seeing elevator cables move as though the elevator that no longer existed was rising to the higher floors, and the sounds of disembodied voices in the distance. Oh, no. Those slightly less brave who merely drove by have reported that the temperature plummets as you near the factory, feeling cold even in the middle of the aforementioned Cincinnati summer, that the smell of smoke and gunpowder is always in the air. But creepiest of all, nearly everyone who has driven past is reported seeing a shadowy figure watching them from the broken windows of the upper floors. Is Peter's cartridge haunted by ghosts of the workers killed by that mighty explosion? Has some demon been summoned by a cult or a foolhardy teens playing with forces beyond their understanding? Stupid teens. Or has it all been a local legend that grew out of control? 
Now, once again, Peter's cartridge plant is full of life. As years pass, maybe we'll hear of its current residents finding they're sharing their condos with the dead. They might. So, Tony. Yes. Our lovely enlightened ones. Lovely enlightened ones. That was the Peter's cartridge plant. If our listeners find themselves in the area, perhaps they could stop in the bar there for a drink and see if they feel the same cold, sad energy that the place was famous for. And, as always, if you'd like more information on Peter's Cartridge or any of the topics we cover, you can find it all at your local library. Absolutely. Go to your library, folks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and those of you that wrote in, our next episode will be the first of our listener requests. As always, he's Tony. And he's Nathan. And this has been The Terms of Enlightenment. May your path to knowledge always be well lit. Always tape your weight staff. Did you remember to lock the front door when you left the house? You should have. What about the back? Absolutely. Lock that one, too. Please send us a catchphrase. We are so bad at this. He is. I'm pretty good at it, folks. Well, that's fair.